Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the Back to Basics program with Rabbi Liel Shalom. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the purpose of creation. Why did God create the world? Why does he need the world? Based on what we learned in the previous episode, God is perfect. He does not need anything. Then why did he create the world? We are going to dive deep into that on today's episode. If this is your first time listening, I would recommend you going and listening to the previous episode first. I'm Yisrael Yudkowski. You are listening to the Foundations Podcast. Second episode of the Back to Basics program. We are here with Rabbi Liel Shalom. So, Rabbi Liel, take it away. Okay, thank you very, very much. It's good to be back after last episode. And what we're going to do this time, um, you know, everything is in steps. We're continuing on from last episode, so make sure you you heard the last episode first um, because it's a nice build-up. We're going to talk about purpose of creation, the purpose of creation. Now, the only way to really let's let's say appreciate the 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 question is by understanding last week if you you have you have a clear understanding in the definition of God, you know what we're talking about. remember we said the whole you know the whole term the people speak God, 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 if you're not on the same page, so you can't really have a real conversation um but if you have a clear understanding what is the definition of god so now let's talk okay so if that's the definition of god like we said at the end of this year echad the one god the almighty that could and can't at the same time um and you know like the 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 whole thing with the rock uh, etc if you have a clear understanding in that now you can try to investigate and, and try to understand why it, the creation why did it create the world? And the question is, now we're going to start off with, why does Hashem need a world? Why does God need to create? He's perfect. He's He has everything. He owns everything. He could do anything He wants. He could and can at the same time. So what's His purpose in the creation? Why does He need it? The second you said you say He needs this world, that that. that Pushes way back, uh, you know, against the definition of God. That's not God. He doesn't need anything. Heyoto, if you remember the fourth one, Heyoto, built in it, he's not dependent on anything. So why does he need a world? So obviously the word need a world won't work over here. So how do I know that there's a world? Well, that's our starting point. You know, if you look around and you see this beautiful, perfect creation, and when I say perfect, wow, if you do your science a little bit, how perfect can this world get? You know, you learned uh, uh, physics and you learned, uh, you learn about anything in the world, anything, any part of science. And you see how incredible and how exact this creation is. And, uh, you know, without getting too much deep into that, that we're going to discuss hopefully later on is, uh, you know, what are the problems, you know, you have different uh, two main theories today 
that uh, that they try to figure out where is the origin, where 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 did the world come from, right? So um, you have two theories: you have the evolution, and you have the Big Bang theory, right? You heard of those theories? Big Bang theory, yep. Yeah. So so basically, in very short, you know, can't go deep into those two theories. Obviously, evolution is things evolved and evolved and evolved and evolved, and um, and uh, that's the uh, basically it until you know till our stage till we got to our the, stage. the whole monkey story and such right that's darwin and uh you know according to the torah it's the other way around according to the torah you read us to advance, but but um the monkeys came from humans no there's a measure it's based uh, on a measure so go check it out and, not like and, actual monkeys yeah the actual oh. monkeys which darwin based on that that the that humans came from monkeys it's and we see in the Torah, three thousand three hundred years ago, that was written three thousand three hundred and thirty-three. Right now, three thousand three 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 three. Yeah. Oh, not almost. Sinai. Yeah. Right now, we're Har Sinai was three 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 three, three, three years ago. Right. Almost. Right. Three 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 two. It's going to be next. Three three next three because it was at twenty four forty eight, and right. now we're at eighty one. So forty eight to eighty one is thirty three. Ah, because this Shavuos. Shavuos. This so this Shavuos. Shavuos. Oh, yeah, but if you look at we're the close, year, we're yeah, close. we're forgetting to three, yeah. three, three, three. Very nice number. But um, so um, you uh, in the Torah already writes in the Medrash again. We're gonna drop off topic, but uh, the Torah writes over there in, in the Medrash that the whole story of the Dora the Migdal Bavel, that the worst Kofrim over there should punish them by turning them into monkeys. Hmm. There were different uh, categories of how Hashem punished them, and the worst cut, the worst group um, of Kofrim were were turned into monkeys. So that was a side point. But anyways, you know the, the theory of evolution, and uh, the Big Bang basically says it started from this massive explosion explosion of 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 light, you can call it, and it evolved. There's like different stages how it kicked in till, till humans came in here, etc. Now, um, with evolution, Judaism has major problems. Again, this is not for this program. There's books and many, a lot, a lot of information about this. Why um, we oppose obviously this idea of evolution. But a Big Bang action, actually, the Big Bang theory is also we're not going to go into it. There's Many, a lot of things written on it. Go to Aish, go to, you know, in Hebrew, there's Rev Zamir Cohen that did extensive work on this. There actually, we say today there's a lot, there, there's even like great uh, math work that went into this of saying that there's no contradiction between the Big Bang and the, and the Torah. Why? Because in six days of creation, right? Well, what did Hashem create on the first day? Light. Right? Darkness and light. So Hashem created on the first day darkness and light. If you know the general, the theory of general relativity, right? Einstein, right? So you understand when there's only light and there's no um, matter, there's no space, space, you know, uh, uh, there, there's space time and there's no matter. So you, how do you count the time exactly? 
How the first day of creation, what we call the first day of creation, how many hours was it? Like relative to what? If you know, if you understand general relativity, right, you understand that it could be uh, billions of years, right? Yeah. And on the second day, when it started just forming, right, Hashem created the Shemaim and the Aretz, like you were saying. So that's also, it still was not fully formed. So there was no, there was still no sun and moon. The sun and moon only came into place on Wednesday, what we call Yom Revi. So obviously you understand, we're not talking about a 24-hour day. Obviously, that's like the, the most simple understanding in the Torah, that obviously we're not talking about 24 hours, because, you know, based on what Einstein was saying, we're far away from that. Time is relative. So... In the six days of creation, till it was fully formed, it, it there were a couple of millions of years over there, or whatever it is, whatever the calculations, people that actually did calculations, and you find that it really works beautifully with with uh, the, with what science says on the by the Big Bang, it works beautifully with with the six days of creation. You know why the stars are, how are the stars? Um, <clears throat> hundreds of thousands of light years away, light years, light years away. You know, how much is a, a light year? Light travels 300,000 kilometers per second. Okay. So we're talking uh, about far. just, the, just, the, <clears throat> I think just our galaxy. Don't catch me on the exact number, but just our galaxy, the Milky Way from mm -hmm. one side, from the far side to the other side is a hundred thousand light years light years okay so think about it think of how huge that is but anyways to make a very long story short so the big bang there's more what to talk it makes more sense their calculations and the science over there and it works actually it works simultaneously with the six days of creation the only two major problems we have with these two theories of for sure with evolution but also with the big bang there's one very simple thing that they don't there's two things actually they don't take care of they don't take care of one of the origin where did it come from this is i call it the kindergarten question give me the most beautiful theory in the world right of calculations and everything and that little kid from kindergarten is going to come and ask um the Big Bang, yeah, there was an explosion. Where did the explosion come from? So obviously in science, they're going to say, you know, we start from that point. That's the observance. That's what we could observe. So we start from that point, right? But it still doesn't answer the question, where, where did that, did that come, come from? from? Yeah. <laughs> right? You want to say evolution, right? Of course, we have thousands of other problems we have with evolution, but... The same problem with evolution. So you're saying it evolved and evolved and evolved. Yeah, the starting point started from what? You want to say what? 2.2 billion years ago, there was some power out there in the world that started creating, started with some dinosaurs approximately 1.8 billion years ago. That throughout hundreds of millions of years later. Uh, uh, okay, okay. And right. what happened before 2.2 billion? Exactly. Beautiful. You know, nice story. Yeah. How did it start? And I call it the kindergarten question because a little kid in kindergarten could ask, and where did that come from? Where did it start? Where did it start? Where did it start? That's number one. And the number two line of attack uh, we have on any of these theories are how exact and precise the creation is, how planned, 
how crafted this 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 how why is it so exact it's like taking a bucket of paint splashing it against the wall and it says Yisrael Yudkowsky is the best guy on earth okay imagine I would take right a bucket splash it on the wall randomly and you see this beautiful picture unbelievable and it says a message over there with words and everything would you just like yeah yeah that's normal I don't know it just just evolved it doesn't sound right it just evolved it it just exploded right so again these are just also someone someone might ask oh you could ask the same thing on the torah because you know before god created like we're when did god start and i think the answer to that is like we were saying before the six uh days there was no time then god just existed forever like if, if you have time then like Okay, then what was before that? Before the world, there was no before that and after that. There was no, oh, now it's today, then tomorrow, and now is you know, 10 minutes late. Like, there's no time. God just was forever. And then he created the world and put time into the world. So now we're like, oh, you know, tracking A, B, C, D, F, G. You know, things are happening one after the next. Before he created the world, there was no one after the next. It, mm-hmm. You know, God just was. And, you know, yeah. that's how you could explain it. But if you say, oh, the world is how it is, but it started, you know, 2.2 billion years ago with the Big Bang, but because it was the world, this, you know, there was always time. They don't say, oh, the time didn't exist 2 billion years ago. They're just, oh, it. No, they so, so then you have. They actually say time did start because time, if you know, based on general relativity, time is not a real thing like what i mean real thing there's it's called time space meaning it's just whatever it won't go into the whole general relativity but they say it was created what creates what is time and space is the combination when you have space you have and a matter and the matter actually shapes the 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 space that also explained at the end gravity but uh it, it shapes it that's why time kind of moves so mm-hmm. time only depends Time is only here. That's also according to the Torah. Time is only here because of matter, because of that. There is there is uh, um, gashmis, like we call it in in Lashon Kodesh, right? Because there is physicality. Mm-hmm. Matter. So so, so I then maybe I'll swift the question to Rebbe to answer. Then why can't you say, you know, according to the evolution or the Big Bang, that 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 power just it was just always there before time existed it just was what like you're was? saying god what was what was that lit- let's say the big bangs right so they said i think there was like a big ball of energy that like exploded and just right. expanding and expanding and expanding and why did it explode Where, the, that's a kindergarten question <clears throat> i know but why can't you say that that it, it just always existed like you're saying, God right, just that's, always exists. There was no time; it was just always there. Wants to say it always existed, but if you're saying it's evolved, evolving and evolving, there must be a starting point. Were you saying there's no starting point? If there, if you're saying that there's no starting point, why do you, why do you, you especially, of course, according to the Big Bang, it's science that there was the acceleration. What they call it, there was a starting. I mean, that's the Big Bang. It start. It's all based on a starting point. And where did that starting point comes? That's the kindergarten creation. And how is it so exact? That's the second question. Now, when you got into time, I don't want to get too lost over here. When you start talking into t- about time, actually in the Torah, where does it say that God created the time? When it says Bereshis, at the beginning, boom, that's time. But it was just a different time 
no, than we have Hashem today. No, because Hashem has to create the time is like the, the plate, is the basics to put on it everything. So once there was time, Hashem puts in light and darkness, and then matter comes in. It was all like silly putty. And then Hashem, all the chomer, all the material was all mishmash. And then Hashem start Hashem on the second day started forming it, right? And it continued on to Tuesday. And then on Wednesday already, the planets, everything, our world came into its, like you call it, position because of the sun and the moon, right? And then Thursday, Hashem started filling, making the world, uh, you know, alive, you know, with the, with the animals and da, 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 da. And then uh, Friday, that once the world was all ready, Hashem created the, the 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 big animals, right? And then humans, the 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 purpose of creation, which we're trying to get to uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about the purpose of all that. But I felt, you know, I wanted to just go really quickly, briefly about the creation itself. So obviously, when you want to talk about the purpose of creation, right? So we're starting from a, from a point that there is a creation, okay? I mean, you should, duh, like, yeah. obviously, right? But it's important to note that obviously we're talking about from the, from the point of observance, right? So God, you cannot observe, you can understand, like we said in the last week, and you understand based on what, if you have a good understanding of what God, what had to define God, so you understand that the start, that's the starting point. Hashem, only uh, someone that's outside of it brought it into place. I mean, that answers the two questions. Again, it doesn't, um, we're not talking about proofs yet, but that answers, that will answer the question once you have a clear understanding of God, where will the world, what's the origin of the world? Where does it come from? Okay, so it comes, this limited world comes from an unlimited, meaning there's someone holding it. You ever wondered, when I was a kid, I always had that question. <clears throat> Again, I'm going to say something, you know, a bit, you know, just for fun. But um, when I was a kid, I always wondered, like, what happens if you fly into space, right? You keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. Where are you going to get stuck at? Where, where are you going to stop? There's a massive wall there. Hmm. So I'm going to break the wall. What's behind the wall? Uh, there's a, a there's a crazy cloud, wild cloud that's, I don't know, that's blocking you. Okay, so what's behind that? Where does it end? And by the way, without getting too technical over here, you can ask the same question. It's a very famous um, Greek philosophy. The Greek philosophy always struggled with this question. That's how they actually got to to the atoms. It started from this guy named Atomos that lived 2,000 years ago. He was a Greek philosopher. And uh, basically, they were asking if you take an apple and you cut it into half, and that half into half and half and half and half. Okay, you got to this tiny, tiny. Now cut that tiny piece into half. Okay, now take one of the pieces and cut that and cut that. When will it end? Hmm. It's a very famous. No. So today they have the whole. And it depends idea how of big atoms. your knife is, I guess. What? I depends how big your knife is. <laughs> <laughs> so today they got to the atoms. That's how they got to the theory yeah. of, of atoms. But even when when you split an atom, so. And, you know, everyone knows what happens. But um, you have this question, like, the, you know, philosophically, it shouldn't end also. It's the same question, like the tiny and the big, same question. Where will it Where will it end? Like, in the cycle, yeah. it's hard for us to catch where it will end. So, 
so there's no scientific answer for that. They try to say, like, maybe you come back. And there's all kinds of different theories that they try, but nothing proven. But w- but what we try to say is, obviously, when you have a clear understanding of God, and God, there's a there's someone that's complete, that's controlling all this. So who's holding the world wherever it is? Who's holding it? God, the perfect. You understand? If you have a clear understanding of God, you'll understand what I mean now, is that it's God that's holding it. He, if you see something... And that explains also the second question of why is it so perfect? Like in this world, we don't have any understanding of something so beautifully designed. Something that's designed without a designer, right? Again, these are basic understandings. You don't have any understanding without a designer. We don't assume that when you see something designed that there is no designer. Yeah, you walk into an art gallery and see these beautiful paintings. It's not like... Huh, did someone paint it or or or, or it just, just happen? It walked like, into the oops, gallery. I dropped some paint. Even though today there are a lot of modern <laughs> art that does look like Don't oops, I dropped some paint. <laughs> but 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 even that there was people understand that there was an artist behind it. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is a that's a true point. Yeah, modern art. But um yeah, so so um to sum that all up. Basically, that's our starting point point of un- understanding that the origin the, the the world came from the the perfect he what we call in Kabbalah mitzamtzem he narrowed it down and made it a physical limited thing, but only someone that's unlimited can make something limited. That's the the, the big idea, very short. Yeah. So that's the the basic understanding. Once you understood what God is. Then you understand the the origin of creation and why it's so perfect, okay? Because he designed, he made it, he designed it, he's controlling it. Now, what? Now, back to after this whole beautiful journey. Now we can appreciate the question even better. Again, back to the original question: If God is perfect, why does he need to make? Okay, so I I, I see this beautiful world. Why does God need to make it? Why? For what reason? So when you start, when you, when to, you know, to, to, to say, let's talk about the purpose of creation. It's, a, it's kind of a big word, but we're going to try now to get to the idea of exactly the goal, what I need to focus on, what is the purpose of creation and see how to, how to do it and what to do is will come later. What I mean by that is like this, Hashem, right? If he's perfect. We're going to now, I'm going to make this kind of link between Hashem is perfect to the word good. Now, I don't mean, mean so much right now good as opposed to bad. What I mean, in nature, the nature of how we understand good, good is something that expands, something that just adds, something that just goes forward, right? Hashem, if he's so perfect, right? So let's call, I'm going to borrow the word naturally, his like kind of nature, although it's not the right word, but his flow, let's call it, would be just to expand, to give, to add, right? Or you can use the word to benefit, right? It just will, his, himself will expand, right? And, and that, that is really the starting point of what good is, right? When we try to Understand what is good. Good is something that was added to you. That's something that was beneficial. So in Hashem's definition, in God's definition, that he's perfect, like after you understood all the six steps, that is part of the 
that's you can call it the effect of God is to continue and do good. Okay, so let's say so God the Creator He will make a creation. Okay, so that's that's expanding just by making a creation something that's receiving. That's already Him expanding, right? For what we're calling the goodness. So now, what if Hashem would create a machine or or something, okay, and just load it with pleasures, bestow any ple- What do you want, Israel? Yachts? You want you want villas? You want a Ferrari? Yeah, you want sounds good. Cigars, sounds good. cigars, of course. In good. the yacht, cigars in the car, cigars <laughs> in the villa, <laughs> cigars in the- and coffee. Oh, of course, of course. Right? So so imagine God would create a creature that he would just bestow goodness upon it like endless, just like benefits and benefits and benefits and benefits and benefits. And that sounds very good, no? Okay, so the purpose of creation, why would God create? It's not because he needs it, okay? This is the gap we're making now. Not because he needs it, just because he does it. That's what he does. He gives. He gives. He is his... His definition is a giver, because he's complete. It comes part off. of his definition, like it's in it's his an definition. Effect. That's why I call it like an effect. It's a, it's a. You can call it. It's a, that's what moves on. That's what happens right after you have God, right? So um, now it never, not that it came in a certain point. It always was. God was always was, and that's why we always have this question of, wait. So when did the world was created? So here I'm going to do a little trick. I mean. Why did God suddenly create the world now and not billions of years before? So that's a very silly question. Why is that a silly question? Because you're you're again tying time into God. Yeah, so like, again, like we said, before the world, the there was no episode. time. Like, you know, God was just there. Right. So people say, why did God suddenly chose to, wor- to create the world? No, he always created the world. Huh? <laughs> he always did. Because you're trying. Because you see the trick? I mean, it's it's a very hard thing to comprehend. It takes time. but Yeah, suddenly, but, immediately, right away, all these stuff you could only use if you have time. If exactly. there's no time, then what is suddenly? Like, it's just... You see the problem, the same problem with can God create a rock that I cannot lift? The same problem. We're trying to always humanize God because our brain only understands humans. Humans, humans, humans interactions, humans limitations. We only, un- we're in that world of limitations. You understand? So you always have to go back and go back to first episode and no, that's not God. This is God. And that's, that's going to help you understand what we're starting to observe. Again, we're going, we're talking like in theory. Now we're trying to talk into what we observe. So still in the, in the world of theory, if God would create just a being and bestow any goodness upon it, is that great? Yep. That sounds good. No, is that's good. Yep. It's God doing good. And that's, the nature of it, and uh, that yeah. would be all like good. Like the fact that you exist is already good, right? You know, it's not. Oh, right. if I exist, it's not necessarily good. But if I have car and I have money and I have food and I have a place to sleep, then it's you know that's good stuff. No, like even before everything that you have, just the fact that you exist is a good thing, right? And you know what? The story should have end up end up over there. That brings us to a major question. That's another. Uh, you know, after we kind of started answering the first question, immediately we're jumping into another question, which is, okay, so the way we observe the world, obviously we go through hardship, we go through really hard life, 
We go through wars. We go, okay, you fill up the gap. Everyone knows this. We go through hard things. Nothing is given. So wait, what happened? If God is all good and he's just giving, so why this is all messed up? Why is it so hard for us? Why are we going through a hard time? Why is this world full of uh, obstacles and hardships? Why? I mean, according to the first plan till now, everything should go smooth. We should all just get good. Yeah, if you, you want to give us good, then give us good. Why, right. why is it bad? Exactly. Cut to the chase, as they say. Instead of letting... Okay, so then you have everyone that say, you know, you need to work hard for it, right? You need to work hard for it. That's like the first response. Sometimes you get... You, someone tells you, you got to work for you. What, what do you want? Yeah, but if God is good, just cut to the chase. And you're saying you need to go through this world to get the, to the world to come, whatever. Yeah, to have an Haba, and of... there you're going to have all the greatness. And right. So, so, so just put us straight in exactly. Olam Haba. Why, why put us through the world and to suffer all this just to get the good? You say the God is God just created us just because he's a giver and he wanted to give us good, then, then just give us the good. Why, exactly. why, why like, why the, all these challenges and steps? Oh, if you want to get the good, you need to do ABC. Why? If the whole reason the world is created is to give us good, then give us good. Exactly. So that is probably one of the biggest questions that people, that humans are bothered by, right? Why? Let me just give me good. I want just good. And okay. So the answer to it is I'm going to start going on a mashallah parable, a nice story that I kind of made up, but just for us to understand the idea. Um, but basically, we're going to go like this. Listen, but before I go into the story, if God would create a human and or any creature and bestow all goodness, it's good. Let's assume that it, that's very good. Okay? We don't have a problem with that. But in order to understand what we, what humans are, what us human race let's call him uh what we are is with this following story you heard of a guy named bill gates heard of him uh, i've heard of he's him a couple very of times famous. Yep. he's probably one of the most famous people in the whole uh, entire probably world. second uh famous yeah i mean second richest guy uh by now probably uh, by now and but he has his ups and his downs last, but yeah but he, he 40 years yeah. he's been 40 50 years i don't know how long. yeah he, he's in the richest guy in the world game for many many years right jeff bezos just came in now yeah just came out of nowhere and just swoop years. away 200 billion dollars <laughs> a couple of months ago he was worth uh, yeah, so like you know, his he's always up and down because basically he has, I think, the numbers like fifty-two million uh, shares in Amazon. So depends on how much Amazon that's is worth. That's right, much. Right. That's but, how much but, he was worth. Right. So, so it's I'm up and down. But up. yeah, he he Jeff Bezos is the number one. He's like <laughs> over one hundred fifty billion I, I, now. <laughs> I always had the story on on Bill Gates. So I'll continue with him. Yeah. So let's take this more guy. famous for sure. Yeah, no more question. famous. I, I'm purposely picking on Bill Gates so we can get a better feel of this parable, this Michelle. Hey everyone, I'm interrupting this wonderful conversation to let you know about a fantastic, one-of-a-kind book that Artscroll has recently published 
titled On the Shoulders of Giants. Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, who was involved in leadership positions in Agadah Yisrael for over five decades, takes us behind the scenes to gain a unique understanding of Das Torah in all its glory. Rabbi Bloom met with Gedoli Yisrael at meetings of Moetzes Gedoli HaTorah and in quiet, urgent conferences. He chatted with them in cars and on Shabbos afternoons at conventions. He shares with us stories, many of them not widely known, of generations of greatness. From the Chafetz Chaim to Rev. Aaron Cutler and Rev. Meisha Feinstein, from the Gary Rebus and Rev. Aaron Leib Steinman to Rev. Don Segal and dozens and dozens more. We also meet the Jewish people's Askanim. We are amazed by first-handed stories of Mike Tress and, of course, the incomparable Rev. Meisha Sher. In his years in Agoda, Rabbi Bloom also met with the highest echelons of the U.S. government, and he shares his behind-the-scenes understanding of great political events and movements. It is a book you definitely should not miss. Get a copy today at artscroll.com, Amazon, or at your local Jewish bookstore on the shoulders of giants by rabbi shmuel bloom get your copy today i would also like to let you know that during the back to basics program every few weeks we will have a q a with rabbi leal shalom so if you have any questions or just want to get a little bit more clarity on any one of the episodes send us an email to jewishfoundations at gmail.com that is jewishfoundations at gmail.com now let's get back to the show So Bill Gates, right? He's worth, let's say, how much he's worth now? A hundred billion dollars? Uh, a bit let's, over, let's yeah. Let's round it. Let's round yeah. it to a hundred billion Nice round dollars. number, hundred billion. So he has a hundred billion dollars and he's super famous. He's been on every show in the world. He's, people admire him. Listen, with the whole Microsoft change the world and, and all the charity he does in Africa. Charity and everything. He's, he's a well-respect person. Let's put it that way. But he's a well-respect person. And... Years came, years passed by, and Bill Gates passed away. And he had a son named, we'll call him John. Jim. Jin, Jim. John. John. Yeah. Jim Jong-un, it sounds like we said there. But <laughs> so let's Jong-un. call him John. John, John. Gates. John Gates um, inherits, right? Um, $100 billion. The next day, John walks into Microsoft headquarters or whatever, walks into this... Uh, into a big party of all, a lot of rich people. And he feels he's not getting not even close to the fame, respect, the awe that people had to his father. And he got really frustrated. He started getting really mad. Like, why are not people treating me and admiring me and, and appreciating me like they did to my dad? So, you know... What would you answer him? If he would ask you that, Israel, what would be the first response to him? Like, Israel, why people are not treating me like my father? Why are a lot of people like talking about my name in awe? What would you firstly answer to him? Uh, I would answer him, yes, you're right. You have the same amount of money as your father and all the companies, everything is yours, but you didn't do anything to earn it. Lucky you. you. To earn it. Mm-hmm. You know, you were born into the family, but... Well, but, but, but I don't understand you, Israel. I'm wor- I have, I'll show you in my bank account, $100 billion. I am worth $100 billion. You, why you're right. I, so you're why, right. Why, am I, why am I not the same as my father? My father had $100 billion. I have $100 billion. We're the same. Because uh, Bill Gates isn't respected because he has $100 mm. uh, billion. He's... The hundred billion dollars only shows what he has accomplished in life, right. which that is really 
why he's so much respected. It's not the actual money. Like, like Rebbe's saying, if you inherit it for your father, if someone would give me money, like, okay, yeah, you have a lot of money. But that's not what gives you the respect. The respect is what he did that made him uh, get, made him deserve that $100 billion. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll just take what you said and I, I like kind of narrowed it down to one word that it really, it, I, I try to have this, uh, this word in front of me you know, my whole life. And that's our goal. And that's the word. This is the key. That's the secret of this episode. The purpose of creation is to earn, earn, earn. That's the key word over here. Basically, what answers the story with Bill Gates is to earn. The difference between Bill Gates and John Gates is John Gates did not earn it. Oh, but he's worth a hundred billion dollars, but he didn't earn it. And that's the whole difference. Now let's go back to God and human. When God, cre- God, according to the first plan, God create could have created a human and just bestow goodness give upon him. Give him all the good. Give him it all. But then he would be worthless. Nothing. That human is, as they say in Yiddish, gurnished. He's nothing. Okay? He just has a rich father. Mm-hmm. See how it works? He just has a rich father. But, it, okay, so we know God is 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 great. We know that he's great. That's not the, that's, that, that cannot be the purpose of creation. What the Messiah Sisharim, the Messiah Sisharim says, a tova amiti, he calls it the real, the great, not the, the, the real, true. The, the true good. What is the true good? There's the good that God could have just given, but then the, the, the creation is not worth anything. He just has a rich father, like we said. So God creates a human. That it's not just given to him. Maybe God gives him the opportunity to earn. But once a human goes and earns it, how can he earn it? Only by you doing it. That explains all the hearts of going through this world. Is to earn. Your goal is to earn your own self. And we're going to talk about like what, how to earn and what should I earn? Like, should I jump three times a day and hit my head on the, on the window? And that's how you earn? Like, how do you earn? Exactly. That will be discussed in later episodes. And and how to earn it, right? And what to earn, that we're going to discuss later. But now we can focus on what's the goal. What was the purpose? Let's call it the purpose of creation is to earn. And that's that's the whole chiddush. That's the whole idea over here that God created this world. That's for one purpose. So humans will go and earn. God's, if you call it, quote, unquote, interest, although you know, we're just borrowing the term so we can understand it. But for God, it, he doesn't need that. But like we said, he just does it. But for God, God's uh, what what he gains out of it, quote, unquote, is when we earn. He just wants us to earn. Get, and that's the greater good. You know, the, the famous Messiah Sisharim, Ramchal, when he talks about the purpose of the obligation of a human here in the world, and he says, You need to find out what's your purpose of create in, the, in this world. You go on in the Messiah Sisharim, and he goes on, the purpose is, to enjoy the the shine of his is is like God's providence, the shechina. 
No, we don't, you don't understand it first. And then Messiah Hashem continues on later and he says that, you know, if God would just give it, so there would be, it's a concept in Kabbalah called Nahama de Kisufa. It would be bread of embarrassment. If God would just give it to you, so you're going to be too embarrassed. And the famous question that everyone always asks, you immediately jump and say, I, I, when I first read it, I was like, hey, but if God is now creating the world, create us without that embarrassment. You know that guy that's just not shy to take from you, whatever. He would take and take and take. Just create me like that. No, but people will be embarrassed. So that's why God made him earn it. No, 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 no. Just make me without that embarrassment. Yeah, God created us with, obviously, with the embarrassment. So God ha- could have created us without the embarrassment. And then he could just, like we said, not put us through the ru- world, all the pain and suffering, just straight to Olam Haba, straight to all the good. So, th- yeah, so... So like, why God? Oh, I'm going to create them with embarrassment. So now they could understand why they're going to go through suffering, and oh, it's to earn it, like Rebbe was saying. So, Whoa, just, so that was the, that's a famous question on what embarrassment. But, but based on what we said before, if you understand the whole plan, that it's the true good, the true good, the ultimate good. Let's call it the ultimate good. Is that a human will earn it? That will actually be his. So God then God purposely put the embarrassment over there, not. To, to kind of trick us or anything, just so we could go ahead. That's like kind of the mechanism, so we can go ahead and earn. The focus here is on that a human should go and earn it. That you should be oh, your your own uh, thing, right? That's not just given, and you'll be worth something. So God just puts. That's the idea of this embarrassment. That the whole purpose is that God will just go, that a human will go and earn it by himself and be worth something. Yeah, because if, like we said, God wouldn't create the world to go through the same in pain and suffering to earn, uh, to earn what we earn and just send us straight to Olam Haba, then in Olam Haba, then he would, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say the word need, but then like, why would he necessarily give one person more than the other? Right. So then, so we would just all have the exact same because I just created a bunch of humans and I gave each one of them, hey, here's a million dollars and, you know, a house and a car. So we will have a million dollars and we have the exact same house and the exact same car. You know, right, but, but more, than but, that but if you wouldn't, if he would give a fancier car to someone or more money or, you know, whatever Olam is, let's, you know, I'm just using it in yeah, yeah. our terms, then uh, why, you know, why, why did I get a million and he get five million? Like that, that's not fear. I mean, right. Like, like, just nothing would make sense. Like, obviously, yeah, it's obviously it's great. Everybody's getting great things, but either we wouldn't be getting the same, and then like it just wouldn't make any sense. Why would one be getting more than the other, or we would just all get the exact same thing? And then, yes, obviously it's great, but it's not the true greatness. Oh, like don't Rebbe forget, was saying. don't forget the right. The problem. true the problem greatness is-, is each person get what he deserves, what he worked, <laughs> what he accomplished. Exactly. All the pain and suffering he went through, and he kept on moving forward, kept on going, never gave up, you know, kept on fighting. Okay, boom, you got, you know, I'm going to give you something based on what uh, what you have done in this world. You know, that, that, exactly. that like Rabbi was saying, that is the true goodness, the to true goodness. earn what you get. Right, right. And it's even worse, like we said, it's worse. Like they're going to they're gonna get to this Olam Ham, but they're worthless. Hashem will put them and give them yachts and everything. They're worthless. What are they worth? Nothing. They just have a rich father. Mazel tov, as they say. So they have a rich father. 
what we're saying uh, so obviously the the true like you said the true uh good the ultimate good is to earn now what we're saying here is something very scary let me just conclude this with a with a quite a moving line that um basically this if the purpose is to earn you when you're going to own your olam haba whatever olam haba we're going to have a whole episode about olam haba much later on when when you're going to own it it's not because god gave it to you kaviachal god didn't give it to you you took it that's the whole difference over here it's not a problem for god to give the whole chachma the whole this whole conflict this whole crazy idea of this world that we're struggling so much with starts from this point that Hashem wanted us to take it, to own it by ourselves. And by the way, let me just conclude with the, with the famous, right? In Chumash Bereshit, it says that God created the humans, B'Tselem Elokim Barautam. God created them in the image of God. Now, what does that mean in the image of God? You know, what we were explaining last week, like there is no image. He just is. He just exists. So Exactly. What image exactly? Like what? Yeah. How could that be? I mean, God doesn't have an image, A. And B, are, if we are in the image of God, uh, like, I'm totally confused because we are limited. This is yeah. How am I like the image of God? So, pay attention. The Pasuk doesn't say we are, we are God. We are like God. We're We're in the image of God. You know, in what sense? So, there's many, obviously, deeper explanations. And, 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 Chumash, you can look at it. And Kabbalah, also, even deeper explanations. But based on what we said, we are in the image of God to the sense that we can own something, right? God, in definition, owns everything. Like the Pesach says, Everything is his, right? But once Hashem created the world for the purpose of a human to go and earn, and he'll have something that he actually owns, it's yours. Israel, no one can take it away from you. God won't take it from you. How do I know that? Because he had, that was his whole purpose, that you'll take it by yourself, that you'll earn it. So, so if once you went and you, you earned it, you own it. It's yours. So in that sense, you're like God. Just like God owns everything. Ooh, ooh wait. There's a little share over here that the human own. So in that part, we are like God. But but then how could you say on one hand that, you know, God owns everything, everything is his. And then on the other hand, oh, just like that, you also own something. Wait, if I own it, like God also owns it. So then, you know, I don't fully own it. Kind Beautiful. of like a partnership. Like, how does that work? Right, right. Good question. Good question. The answer to that is, obviously, it's starting from a basic point that when you earned, it's obviously because God gave you the opportunity to earn. <laughs> we didn't earn by choice, in a way, right? Within, once Hashem gave us an opportunity, to that's where it's a little bit hard to understand, but, but once God gave us an opportunity to earn, within that game, we're actually really earning. It's a real game. But obviously, it's starting from the point that God gave us the opportunity to earn. Okay? So, that's why it doesn't contradict. God, he owns everything. He, within him, own everything. He kind of shared, you want to, you could say it. Also, so I'm, I'm right kind of thinking now, maybe also to explain, because, you know, like I was saying before, oh, you know, God gave a million dollars, a car and a house. 
like I don't know what goes up there in Olam Haba, but it's probably nothing physical. So, mm-hmm. you know, us trying to understand weight, like, you know, you see a car, so like, wait, do, do I own it or does God own it? Because you're talking about a physical object. But I'm assuming probably in Olam Haba, it's like, it's nothing physical. It's just, you know, spiritual. So, you know, it's it's easier to explain how, you know, oh, yeah, I earn it because, you know, it's not, it's nothing physical. It's not, it's nothing that like God created. It's right. more spiritual thing. So, you know, it's easier to understand how, oh, like, yes, you own it. No, right? I don't, think I don't, to say is God doesn't own it. Right. So saying it's, it's, it's hard for us to understand because ev- everything we think of as a physical object, you know, the, Either two people own it or only one person owns it. So if two people own it, then wait, you, you know, you said God gives the opportunity to earn, but, but he didn't fully give it to me because, you know, he's still a partner in it. But, and then if I fully earn, you know, if it's fully mine, then, then not everything in this world is God's. And no. then if God owns it, then wait, you said I earned it and it's mine. So, you know, when you're talking about something physical, like any way you look at it, you know, you're going to have a question on wait, how does it work? But if, you know, it's not something physical, it's more something spiritual, I guess it's, you know, easier. Obviously, they can't fully understand, but it's easier to understand how it could work. Right, right. Listen, I don't want to give in. You're starting to tap into the episode of Olam Haba, so I don't want to stay tuned, as they say. I ah, don't wanna, so we will I don't be learning more about Olam Haba. We will right. talk about this much more in, in, in detail, mm-hmm. in depth, when we talk about Olam Haba, because that's, you know, that will be our grand finale of this. Let's leave it all the way to the end, because we cannot appreciate and understand fully the full picture right now of Olam Haba. It'll be very cheap to go right now and just start talking before we went through many, many steps to get to Olam Haba. So I don't want to go too deep into it. That's why I just stayed on this little point. How does it work that we're in the image of God to the sense that we actually own something? The very simple understanding, again, on the surface, in Kabbalah we call it Tzimtzum. Kav Hashem moved himself away because he's God um, to leave room for us. We all, But basically we only have room because God moved away. God created a rock that again I lived, right? We only have room. It's called Tzimtzum, okay? That's what the basic idea of Tzimtzum is that Hashem... Now, when we learn about free will, which will not be next episode, the episode after, we're going to dive into free will and understand exactly what free will is, that will also help this question a little bit more. You're going to understand better um, once you understand free will, how does it work exactly, you know, that within this what do we choose what do we really own and where did Hashem Kaviachal move himself away to leave us some room so um, I think with this we'll conclude uh, next episode we're going to obviously dive into okay so we got the plan I understand the plan and the plan is to earn now let's see down to earth how does it work on the sixth day on the sixth day of creation Hashem creates the human Adam Arishan, the first human and we'll find out what did he go through and how did this idea of earning played out. That's our ne- next episode. Let's try to figure out this whole story. Let's see how it works. And again, I, I'm, I, I think it's important to say before you get into proofs or I'm showing you things for, for the observant eye or observant brain is, is first to understand this Masora, this Shita that we have that the Judaism lays out, and then you'll see slowly, slowly, naturally, everything will come into place and will everything will make sense. But there's a lot to put into it. 
So thank you so much, Israel. It yeah. was beautiful. If, if, if uh, just real quick for the listeners and also uh, for me, you know, we went through starting uh, flying through uh, milk waves all the way to getting $100 billion dollars. To Bill Gates, could Rebbe maybe just like just a quick, just a minute or two go through just, you know, maybe like a step-by-step or simplify everything we learned today? Exactly. That's what we're going to try to do in every episode. And always when you finish, like to put some, right, we threw a lot of things out there. So basically what we spoke is that we're starting from last episode, the definition of God. Once you start from there, you start looking into the creation that we observe, right? And we try to figure out the origin. Where did it come from? So today, science want to give us, we went through a little bit evolution on the Big Bang. And that Big Bang kind of, you know, the theory basically does not, con- doesn't have a contradiction. The, the, it doesn't contradict the Torah necessarily. And evolution does. But the two major problems we have with that is where the kindergarten question, where did it start? Why was there a Big Bang? What, what's before that? And the second thing, why is it so perfect and beautiful and designed? And then we moved on and said, okay, once so, <laughs> we're convinced there is a world. Once there is a world, why should it be, why, uh, sorry, based if God is perfect, why does he need a world? So then we made a gap between need. We said, no, God doesn't need that. That doesn't work. That doesn't work in the definition of God. That's what God does. The kind of effect of God is it's good. It's he is good. It's benefit because he's because of all the six steps that he's complete, that he's perfect, that he's one. And then we said, okay, so God would create something that he's that he's bestowing his goodness upon, which is a creation. That's the only possibility that we can think of. So what kind of creation? So we said he could create something and just give it yachts, cigars, cigars, and cigars and cigars. And yachts and cigars, <laughs> yeah. right? Just bestow tons of good things upon it. And we said, you know what? That's good. It sounds very good. Well, when you look at our human uh, plan, it doesn't work that way. We really work hard. It, not everything is just as smooth as that cigars and yachts sound like, right? So we went on to the story with Bill Gates and we understood that the big, that like you explained beautifully, Israel, that it's not about the hundred billion dollars that you have in your in your thing. It's about the earning it. That's what makes you worth something. We can I cannot understand a better like plan of like that's how that's what made Bill Gates Bill Gates. Not as obviously as a hundred billion dollar the number. So if the whole difference is to earn, we figured out the world. The purpose of creation was that Hashem wanted humans to earn it because if He would just give it to them for free, like the first idea they were saying. They're, the humans will be worthless. They're nothing. I don't want that. That's not the that's good, but it's not the ultimate good. The ultimate good. If you can find anything better, so this year is over. I don't mind. Like leave Judaism. <laughs> I mean, this is the ultimate good. Can you think about anything better? Being like we said at the end, being like God, just like God owns everything. You're gonna get a share, and you're gonna own something now. How to how to earn it, and what do you earn? <laughs> Stay tuned. But that's in really short the conclusion of our episode. And again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Israel. You're amazing. Right. Thank you very, very and, much, Rebbe. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that is the end of today's episode. We will see you guys next week. Well, that is it for today's episode. Now let's get out there and go earn some stuff. Hope you guys were able to put something in your pocket for life. Hope you guys learned something new. 
Thank you very much for listening. Have a wonderful day. See you guys next week.